Rather, it's the worship of the goddess, who we conceive of as being the animated spirit of the living universe. In Wicca, nature is sacred to us. All the cycles of birth and growth and death and rebirth that exist in nature and in culture and in human life are what we worship in the sense that we aim to connect with, we aim to harmonize our lives with. Not in the sense that we bow down and you know, prostrate ourselves, but more in the sense that we look, we observe, we listen, we learn lessons from, we draw inspiration from nature. In Wicca, we conceive of the sacred, of the goddess, of the deity as something that's changing, that's evolving, that's dynamic, that we're in co-creation with the goddess. We don't see the goddess as a unchanging, eternal, fixed, omnipotent force. Rather, we say the goddess and, in fact, the gods need our help in order to create fertility and harmony and beauty for human life here on earth. Wicca or paganism was not originally one set tradition. It really refers to all the different kinds of earth-based spiritualities that existed primarily for us we draw from Europe and from the Middle East, before Christianity, before Judaism. In Europe, when Christianity came in, originally it coexisted with the older traditions. There are stories of priests who practiced many of the old customs as well as leading their churches. And many of the pagan traditions became incorporated into Christian practices. The Maypole, uh, the celebration of Halloween, Many of the dances and the customs and the folk songs reflect that older spirituality. In the 16th and 17th centuries, however, the Catholic Church and later the Protestant Church in Europe began a campaign of persecution against everything that was left of the old religion. As part of that, they created this mythology that witches worshipped the devil, that witchcraft was dangerous and evil. And many, many people suffered torture and death because they were accused of being witches. Today, we're still recovering from this legacy, which is not only just about witchcraft, but really about any form of knowledge that's not accepted and approved by the authorities. And many of the old prejudices still exist. So for those of us who practice Wicca today, we take it upon ourselves to try to educate people about the real meaning of our tradition. And many of us use the word witch very proudly as part of our identification with those people throughout history who have suffered because of the practice of their ancient tradition. We feel that Wicca is important in today's world because it brings back to us the connection with nature that many of us have lost. And that honoring nature and honoring a tradition that tells us everyone is interconnected is part of our commitment to making this world a more sacred and a more just and a more loving place for all of us to live. I came to Wicca as a young woman 
out of my own spiritual search. I grew up in the Jewish tradition and I still feel very strongly connected and identified in many ways with that tradition and that people. And as a young woman, my own times of deepest connectedness, of real openness to those great powers of creativity around me came when I was in nature. And I went looking for some kind of spirituality that honored that. And also some kind of spirituality that really honored me as a woman. And especially as a young woman that offered me some sort of future of responsibility, of roles of potential leadership and respect. In that era that was in the 1960s, there weren't yet any women rabbis. There were very few women ministers or priests. In most of the world's major religions, all the roles of leadership were held by men. And so when I encountered witches in my first year at the university in Los Angeles, I was quite charmed to think that there was a religion, first of all, that saw God in female form, that saw my female body as something that was sacred and beautiful, not something that was unclean and dirty, and that said, yes, a woman can have a role of leadership within this tradition. Later, I began to see that there were great connections between the way we look at religion and the way we look at God and the way that we look at each other here on earth. And as the feminist movement grew in the 1970s, it came clear to me and many other women that patriarchal religion, that story that we tell ourselves culturally about how God is male, reinforces the idea, as theologian Mary Daly once said, that when God is male, men are God. To look at the world and to say, what would it look like if we saw God as female, was a great exercise in consciousness raising. It turned everything around. Everything looked different from that perspective. Because if we saw the female as sacred, then we saw that this quality of bringing life into the world was also sacred. And that this world itself becomes the location of the divine, of what's sacred to us. It's not outside the world somewhere. It's right here. It's embodied. It's imminent in nature, in human beings, in culture. And for me, that was a very inspiring and also just a very real view. It seemed like this was a kind of spirituality that named what I already felt. Let me talk a little bit about our conception of the goddess. In the worldview of Wicca, the universe is alive and everything in the universe is alive. Everything is interconnected. We can't separate what happens to one of us from what happens to somebody else, just as all the systems in your body are interconnected. And everything is always communicating. Again, just like every cell in your body communicates with every other cell, everything on the earth, everything in the world is always communicating, always giving messages, always speaking. And part of our work as human beings is to try to understand that speech, to try to learn to listen, and also to learn to speak back. That listening and speaking, that intercommunication, through that interconnectedness, through that web of life, uh, that process we call magic. 
One of my favorite definitions for magic is that magic is the art of changing consciousness at will. It's Dion Fortune's definition. She was a woman occultist in the first part of this century. Our consciousness determines our ability both to hear and understand what people and animals and plants and stones and stars are saying to us and also determines our ability to speak back, to form messages that can be heard by that animate and generous universe. And the goal of Wicca, the purpose for us, is not so much just individual enlightenment, although certainly individual growth and development is part of our tradition, but harmony and community, living in community that can be in harmony with those natural cycles of birth and growth and death and rebirth. We also use the word goddess in the sense of a particular aspect of the goddess. Our religion is polytheistic. Now, I know many of us have grown up in a world that where the idea of monotheism, the idea that there was one God, was seen as the great moral discovery of human life. And to think that there might be some value in polytheism is a little bit strange. But for us, polytheism isn't really about saying, oh, there's all these different gods, goddesses that are all completely separate and there's no oneness. It's more a way of looking at that oneness, of saying, yes, there is an underlying oneness in the universe. There is an underlying life we're all a part of. But that life expresses itself in many aspects and many forms. And there are many different names and images and symbols that we can put on those cycles of birth and growth and death and rebirth. And there are also many peoples in the world. And each of those peoples has their own expression, their own interaction, their own understanding of those forces. If we can honor that, if we can understand that no one has the one right, true, and only way, and no one has the complete line on truth, and that everybody has their own perception, their own conception of the great mysteries, then we can have a greater level of tolerance and respect for each other. And those differences can enrich our understandings rather than seem like threats to us. So while we have the goddess that we talk about, again, is that underlying life and interconnection, we also have many aspects. And we also honor the different goddesses and gods of many different religions and spiritual traditions around the earth. Another definition that I really love for the goddess is theologian Carol Chris's definition. The goddess is the intelligent embodied love of the universe. But that intelligent embodied love can have many faces and many aspects. And in Wicca, traditionally, one of the ways we've seen the goddess is as the tripartite goddess of the moon, the threefold goddess that is the maiden, the mother, and the crone. Just like the moon has the new moon, which is young and beginning and growing, the full moon, which is round and radiant, shining, and the old moon, which is waning and growing dark. The maiden, the new moon, is the face of the goddess that represents beginnings, represents life, represents spring, 
represents all those things that are coming into being in wildness. It's the woman who's young, who's free, who's running wild through the woods with her dogs at her heels and the moon shining on her face. She's Artemis. She's many, many aspects of maidens and youth. And she's a great power, great energy for beginning things, for inspiration, for thinking of new things, for bringing new things into the world, for illumination, for looking at things differently. The full moon is identified with the mother. It's not just the mother of children. We don't see women's role as being relegated to producing children. But she's that quality of mothering, of nurturing, of sustaining, of bringing things to fullness, of fulfillment and culmination. And the full moon is a very powerful time of energy. The light of the moon actually does help plants grow. So the full moon is the time to think about and invoke all those things that involve fulfillment, um, and involve creativity, sexuality. In Wicca, sexuality and the erotic is sacred to us. It's not something that we see has to be controlled. It's something to be celebrated and something to be honored. The full moon is the time for completion. It's the greatest time of magic. It's the time when the greatest energies are running alive on the planet. And it's the time for honoring maturity, honoring that part within us as women and also as men that can really understand things, really work at the peak of our skill, the peak of our knowledge, the peak of our ability. The old moon, the crown, is the sign of age, of wisdom, that wisdom that grows in us through experience. She's the sacredness of the elder, the one who's been through things. She's the one who is the teacher, the one who not only can do something herself, but knows how to pass that skill on to spread that ability around so that maybe she doesn't herself have to continue doing it, but that when she's gone, somebody else will be able to do what she has been doing for the community. The old moon, the crone, teaches us to respect and honor those who are aging, are old, that to be old is not something to be feared, but a very important time of life, a time when we make some of our most vital contributions to the community. And the old moon wanes and becomes the dark moon, which is